welcome to the GSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And I feel like it's been a long time since it's been just the two of us here on the podcast. Robin, how are you? I am good. You know, I always stop and ponder before I answer that question these days. Because it's like, (laughs) do I tell the truth and tell you that I'm anxiety ridden and barely hanging on, but very hopeful? Or do I say, oh, I'm fine. Like you wake up in the morning and think, what fresh hellscape awaits me today in this year of 2020? (laughs) Yes. Do you actually start to get a little sweaty before you open emails? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, that's, that's our life. It really is. It's like a new wrecking ball. Yeah. You smash something that you just planned last week. I am also hopeful, and I also said to my son today, I said, Nicholas, if we get through this, we can get through anything. And oh, absolutely. I mean, like, whenever this, is, whenever this COVID shenanigans is over, which who knows how long it's going to take, but whenever we can turn around and look from the other side of it and say, we got through that, and as, as business leaders, as mentors and educators, I mean, how fulfilling that will be to know that we did it yeah. and to feel like, holy shit, we can survive anything. <laughs> I mean, knock on wood that nothing worse than this happens in our businesses, careers, on our, on our lifetimes, but like, God. This is a steep mountain that we're all climbing. And- right. Um, I am, I've said this many times, but I'm grateful to have such a, a, dan- a community of fellow studio owners yes. that I can lean on and be inspired by. Yes. And be I, I fully believe that I would not have made it through these past several months without the DSO Connect community as a business owner. I would have just crumbled and, and, and collapsed into a ball. <laughs> but having this community to support me and to feel like I was in some way responsible for also supporting Mm -hmm. made me feel like I, I had to overcome this. I had to survive it because I have all these other studio owners counting on me for guidance. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't be the one that crapped out and just shut my doors and said, no. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it's not just the Facebook community and it's not just the uh, membership and it's not just the podcast, but there have been friendships that have developed, you know, on a personal level Mm -hmm. between many of us. And it's just been nice to sometimes have a girlfriend to text and be like, Oh my God, (laughs) this just happened to me. And only a DSO, you know, would totally understand the extent of, of that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I just want to say to any of our listeners who feel like they don't have those relationships, just read, you know, make a post in the DSO connect community group on Facebook and say that you're looking for a sister studio owner. You're looking for that relationship and other people will come out of the woodwork and want to be that for you. And you know, those, those people are there and, and you can find it in our group. Yep, absolutely. All right, so what are we going to talk about this week, Miss Casey? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about my recital that I put on um, a few weeks ago now, but it went 
it went surprisingly well. Awesome. That's so good. <laughs> we rented a theater and just did one class at a time. They got their individual portraits taken. We didn't do group pictures at all. Um, they got their individual portraits taken, and then they had 15 minutes on stage to, you know, mark through the dance, figure out formations and spacing, and then have it filmed. There was no audience. It was just the dancers, our staff, tech crew, and the videographer. And I was so, so impressed by our dancers. I mean, we had so many classes that hadn't been together since March because yeah. we, we did do two weeks of in-studio rehearsals, but because our studio space is so small, we can only fit five kids in there with social distancing. So we had to split up a lot of our classes. So even though we had in-studio rehearsals, some of it, some, most of the classes, it was just half in and half, half on Zoom. Um, so they got on stage and were together in the same space for the first time since early March. That's amazing. We, did phenomenally. I mean, I just like these kids are so resilient. Mm -hmm. These kids are so committed. And I just it, it was so impressive. I mean, I had one student who her family moved to a new home about an hour away from the studio in the middle of COVID. Mm. And they're out in the country. They don't have a strong internet connection. She couldn't join any of the classes on Zoom because their internet was crap. So what she would do was download the recording. I, I would upload all the, I would record every class on Zoom, upload them to, you know, download the video, then upload the video to a Google Drive folder for each class. So she had a strong enough internet to download those videos and watch them and learn the choreography from the recording. And I, all of our, all of her teachers were so worried that when she got back in the studio, it would be just an absolute cluster and she wouldn't know anything. But she not only knew the choreography to every single one of her dances, she was also still in great shape dance, like dancing wise. Um, we were so afraid that all of our students would just be, you know, totally not in performance ready technique wise, but she was clearly still dancing at home. She knew all the choreography. She so ready and excited to be there and excited to be on stage and just absolutely killed it. And she wasn't the only one. That's just like one example. But so yeah. many, I mean, our, my students just blew me away. It was amazing. It was amazing. I wonder if that's a really good example of parents being on board and delivering the right messages to their kids. Because mm, yeah. I know that there are probably parents who said back in March, all right, this is what we got. This is what we got to do. This is our new routine. Let's get it together. Let's make the best of it. And then there are parents who are just like, I can't. I just can't. Excuse right. me. Excuse my internet doesn't work. We're moving. I'm throwing in the towel. Give me a refund. I've had it. Or... And I did have a lot of, you know, our, our, our overall cast list from March to August definitely shrunk quite a bit. I mean, I had one class that went from 12 to 3. Mm. Suddenly it was a trio on stage <laughs> because that many kids dropped out of, of participating in the show. Mm. But I really think that that made people prioritize it. I gave them the option. I sent out a survey of like, hey, are you doing, are you doing the damn thing or not? Because <laughs> so many people were just wishy-washy and not really getting back to me. And I think making people make a decision made them really commit to it. And I mean, they, and they really did. They did amazing. 
Yeah, I think it's smart that you gave them the option. I did too, because you don't want the the Debbie Downers dragging the whole thing down. I had one parent text me the morning of the show and say that her child was still at the beach and would not be able to come to the recital today. Well, first of all, you knew yesterday that your kid was still at the beach. <laughs> and you probably knew last week that she wasn't coming. But she didn't come to any of the in-person rehearsals. She didn't even show up on Zoom for the rehearsals. So although it meant we had to rework all the formations of her dances, I think as a staff, we were a little bit relieved. Yeah. Not yeah. that we didn't, like, we wanted her there. We wanted her to have this experience. But was we knew that she wasn't going to be prepared. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it kind of worked out for the best. Well, I am so excited that you had a good experience and that you can check it off the list and yes it felt so nice to have some closure to the season finally you know yeah. and and it just yeah it felt really good yeah so let's talk about moving forward because hopefully we will never have to do another spring recital like that again hopefully fingers <laughs> crossed but i feel like we have to be prepared for it also because yes. it certainly I, might be that way especially if you're doing a winter show which we are so i've learned a lot but let's let's talk about the topic at hand this week that's really been present in my life which mm -hmm. is uh to mask or not to mask while dancing right and Rabbit and I are very different in our views on this. One of the great things about DSO Connect is that there's six of us running this enterprise, <laughs> running this endeavor. You know, our studios are so different. Our perspectives are so different. So no matter what kind of studio you run or where you're located or competition or not competition, or if you're more urban or more rural, you will find at least one of us to relate to and connect with. So this is one of those examples where Robin and I are running our studios very, very differently when it comes to masks. So Robin, I know you've had kind of a, a tumultuous journey with your mask policies. Take us on that journey. What's been going on? Yeah. And just to, to start off by saying, we're going to leave politics completely out of this. Yes, we are. <laughs> Casey and I are really good at that because we differ as vastly as two people can differ. And we are pretty good at avoiding the hot topic. Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're all good. We're just talking about the masks. And when we talk about this today, we're really just kind of offering different perspectives because we know that there's a lot of dance studio owners out there who might be feeling one way or the other. And so we just want to talk about it. And right, and there's so many different communities out there and so many different demographics out there. And so obviously what's right for one studio is not right for every studio. Right. So little background. My studio is in a rural, not rural. I mean, it, it's, it's, we're kind of in the country. You're in the country. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm in the country, but there's a lot of little suburban neighborhoods around, but it's yeah. 40 minutes from Baltimore. And you have like pockets of civilization in your, in your region, but I wouldn't call the location of your studio a city at all. Absolutely not. It's no. a little country town, but we're close enough to cities that most of our, a lot of our families work in cities. So, you know, you've got a real mix of, of people who live around here. However, I'm also on the state line between Pennsylvania and Maryland. So my, and my clientele are pretty much 50-50, either Maryland or Pennsylvania. So now we've got two school districts that we're trying to keep track of, two governors that we're two trying governors, to Two governors, two different state guidelines when it comes to 
yeah. all the regulations and yeah, that's a lot to deal with. And I'll bet it hasn't really come up that much until now. Um, well, it's always been like, what is Governor Hogan saying? And what is Governor Wolf saying? So we've always kind of had the two side by side. So what's happening in my world is about four weeks ago, I started getting resignations from my teachers that I had my fall staff all secure and we were ready to go. And one at a time, four teachers resigned about the masks because they wanted all the students to wear masks while dancing and I was making it optional. So for the summer, we, were, we started off with small groups and privates and the teachers and the students both had the option of wearing masks. And of course, we were social distancing and we were doing, let me just say, we're doing like 700 things. Right. We just weren't doing 701 things. Um, and that last little piece was mandatory masks while dancing. You know, we're doing the masks in the common area. We're not being reckless. We've got the air purifiers and the temperatures and the sanitation stations and the washing hands and no parents. In the We're doing all of those things. It's just what this discussion is about is that last little piece, which is do you have your children dancing with or without masks on? And my position was it's optional. Four teachers resigned. And it was very Four clear. teachers out of how many? Maybe 10. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a big hit to your faculty. Yeah. 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 So it's huge. So 40%. Yeah. And the first one or two, it was like, oh, well, you know, difference of opinion and, and that's okay. But then after four, I realized that this was not just a fluke and that this was a real thing that I needed to address. Mm -hmm. So after much deliberation with my administrative staff, we decided that we were going to require everyone to wear masks at all times, except during mask breaks or if you're in the bathroom. And it didn't feel good in my stomach. You know, when you, you make a decision that you don't want to make and you think it's for the best and the people around you who are your advisors kind of push you in a certain direction and you're like, okay, uh, it just didn't feel great. So on Wednesday of this week, I made the announcement. I put it in the membership site and within minutes, I, I started getting the emails and the text messages and the phone calls. And I was actually at the salon and I was like, this is not a relaxing spa day. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was very evident that there was a huge percentage of my population that felt the way my gut felt in that it should be a personal choice. And we're not breaking any laws because none of this is a law. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, there's a lot of talk about exercising and exemptions for people who are exercising. And the PIAA, which is the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association, if I got that wrong, don't yell at me. I'm not a sporty girl, but I'm pretty sure that's what those letters mean. They just had a, an announcement on Thursday that they're requiring the athletes to wear masks on the sidelines, but not while playing. Mm. Um, so there, there are little places in the CDC regulations, in the governor's mandate, in the PIAA policies that give me confidence in arguing that it's an acceptable measure. And we've all read all the different counterpoints and points about the masks. And, and I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm just saying that in my studio, it felt right to me to not exercise with a mask. And it's now becoming evident that my families feel the same way. So now I'm caught up in this storm. So what I did was 
I recanted basically and said, I'm going to reconsider. So I'm just taking the decision off the table. I'm not making a different decision yet, but I want to hear from everyone. So I made a Google form and then I encouraged them to send me emails or if they wanted to talk on the phone. And I made a little chart and checked off every kid in my dance company and I listened to the opinions of the little people as well. Not little people like insignificant, but little as in, you know, the moms of the children. The, the parents kids. of the small children. Yes, that's what I mean. They're not the ones, who, the ones who aren't taking 12 classes a week. You're still right. considering their opinion, even if absolutely in that one creative movement class. Absolutely. And, you know, we've got music and we've got dance and we've got theater and we've got acro. So there's a lot of different scenarios. And maybe one size doesn't fit all for all of our genres. Mm -hmm. So anyway... It was a torturous few days, but it became very evident to me that the majority of my people were in the no mask column. And a big argument that I heard again and again was, my kid has to wear a mask all day in school. My kid has to wear a mask when we go places. And dance is her happy place. I just want her to be able to kind of feel some normalcy when she goes to the studio. And I want her to have joy. And I really heard that. And that really resonated with me. And our philosophy or our mission statement has always been that we're trying to grow the whole child. We're, we're trying to nurture the whole child. And that includes mental health. You know, I have students who did not do well with the quarantine and, and their mental health suffered. Kids who are only children and don't have siblings to interact mm -hmm. with took this very hard. So this morning, today's Sunday, as we're recording this, I sent out the new policy. And the new policy is that because there were so many differing opinions and very strong arguments on both sides, I decided that it should be a personal choice that the parent and the child make together. And if you were not comfortable being in a class where others were unmasked, I mean, you can wear a mask if you want, and the teachers will wear masks. But if you aren't comfortable in that scenario, then we will accommodate you via our virtual setups that we're investing a lot of money in. And it's not just some, you know, iPhone propped up on a book in the teacher's living room. Like we're going to do the best we can with that. So we have options. And so far I've gotten a really good response from that. I know that there will be a couple people who will withdraw. And what I've decided is I can, I can live with that because you got to run your studio the way your heart leads you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're not putting your kids in, an unreasonable amount of danger. Because you're still socially distancing in class, right? I mean, you have your squares of however many footage. Yep. Right? Yeah, and we're not doing choreography where they're hugging each other and doing content. Doing partnering and lifts and stuff. Yeah, and teachers not. aren't doing hands-on corrections. Correct. And if cases in your area are very low, mm -hmm, which they are, and the majority of your clientele population prefers this, then it seems like the right decision for your studio. Yes. Right? I mean, yep. And the pain in my stomach has gone away. <laughs> well, good. So that's my story. So Casey, I would love to hear the opposite side of, of that coin. And yeah, when our online classes ended for the season, I released our, our plan of we're doing a recital. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to do in person for two weeks leading up to it. I said in that recital packet that I handed out and the emails that I sent, we will very likely 
be requiring masks of all of our students, but we'll make a decision on our official mask policy closer to our in-studio date based on what our case numbers look like in our area and and state guidelines at that time. So kind of gave people a heads up. Yeah, so stay tuned for our official mask policy, but we will likely be requiring masks. Mm-hmm. And nothing really changed between May and August. And in fact, our case numbers in my area only went up. And so I required all of my dancers to wear masks the entire time they were in the building, including while they were dancing. And when we were on stage, we also wore masks. I had masks made with my studio logo on them. So we were all uniform and everybody matched on stage and it looked super cute as cute as you can with half of your face covered by cloth. (laughs) But to me, I just needed to know that I was doing everything that I possibly could to protect my students. And I thought about the backlash that I might receive of parents that didn't want their kids wearing masks while they were dancing. And then I thought about how devastated I would feel if any of my students got the virus after being in my studio in person without a mask on. And that gut feeling for me was my decision maker. I would hate for my studio to be the place where anyone got sick and then maybe took it home to grandma or took it home to mom who has autoimmune issues or or whatever. And I also have autoimmune issues. I've got a compromised immune system. So I was also thinking about myself when I made this decision that, yes, it would be difficult to dance in a mask, but even if it protects us by like 1%, to me, that's worth it. Mm -hmm. And so far, I have got no backlash. I mean, knock on wood, knock on wood for sure. Well, I did have one parent come back and say, there's only three dancers in my daughter's class. Do they really have to wear masks on stage? And I said, yes, because every other class is wearing a mask on stage, and I'm not going to have one class not masked. So, yes, everyone's wearing a mask on stage. I got that one email, and that was it. So, so far, everything's been really fine, and I feel good about my decision because it was the right one for me, and it was the right one for my studio. Yeah, and what I really like about that story is that you didn't waver from your original gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And where I feel like I went wrong was I wavered. Mm -hmm. Because uh, all summer, I was doing masks are optional, and it wasn't a big deal. It was like, it wasn't even really discussed. It was just, that's how we did it. And nobody got their feathers ruffled until I said, this is the policy. So... I shouldn't have wavered, mm-hmm. but sometimes we do because I wanted to be fair. I wanted to listen to others' opinions. I didn't want to be a dictator and make the decision without the input of my advisors who I trust. Mm-hmm. That's why we have people around us to advise us, right? But I think what you did right was you stuck with your gut. Mm-hmm. And what I did wrong was I wavered. I think that we're going to see that moving forward, I bet where you're going to have patrons or clients even more so choosing businesses that align with their values because we're in a a world where all of our values are on display on social media and people align with different business owners according to their values and you could make a decision to be completely silent about your values 
on social media and keep it quiet. Depends what kind of business you have. If you have a gas station. A gas it, station or a dry cleaners or you sell janitorial supplies. Customers aren't that concerned about your values. But our businesses are so personal. And anytime you're dealing with children, it's personal. But especially children and the arts, mm -hmm. it becomes so much more personal. And that's why I just don't believe in the, oh, it's not personal, it's business. Not when it comes to a dance studio, it's not. I, I just agree. don't believe that. I agree with you. I do. But I think that also moving forward, this could be really good for studios that are in areas where there's a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. um, like in my town, there's two studios and my competitor feels the same way I do about the masks, I believe. Um, I haven't really spoken to her, but um, I believe that she does. And um, so in our town, there's nowhere to go if you want to wear, if you, if you want all the children in the class to be required to wear a mask. Right. So I'm, I, you can go to Maryland. Um, but in your town, you've got lots of other students. Oh my God. Our market is so oversaturated. Last time I actually counted, and I and it was a couple years ago, but I actually pulled up a Google, I just did a Google search for dance studios in Richmond, Virginia, and there were over a hundred. I mean, for real. Like, oh. Richmond is kind of a sprawling town. There's lots of, you know, the metro area is pretty vast, but there are so many dance studios. It is just bananas. But yeah. now we can more easily define what our values are by advertising our mask policy. Or other things that are important to you. Right. Um, in my town, there's a Christian dance studio, which appeals to a very specific clientele. Mm -hmm. And they have a niche, and I think it, it really works for them. So I, I don't know. I think that moving forward into the, the new world, I think we're going to see more and more studios putting their personal values out in the forefront of their marketing. Another thing that's interesting is, uh, okay, this is cool. I go to Anytime Fitness, and I love my gym. We're doing a marketing trade share thing where I market my gym to my customers and they put my little advert, you know, my little graphic on their big screen TV so that when you're working out and they have this like cycle through, they've got a couple local businesses that are advertising and then you get to see your heart rate and whatever. And I have three different versions of this little ad and there's the kids do not have masks and they're old pictures. They're kids hugging or, you know, they're all snuggled up next to each other. And those are the pictures that I used in my marketing pre-COVID. And those are the pictures that I'm using in my marketing now. And I made a conscious decision to do that. So I was talking to the gym manager the other day and he said, you know, there's gurus in the gym world as well who are teaching the, the gym owners how to navigate this new world. And he said that his guru says, don't market to the people who don't want to come back. Market to the people who want to return to the studio. Mm. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. I'm trying to appeal to those families that feel the same way and who want their kid to kind of take a step back in time when they come in my studio. Of course, we're taking precautions. Of course, we're not being reckless. But for them to just be able to dance um, without the mask is, it is meaningful to those people. So marketing, it's, it's a really, I love marketing. It's just, it's so fascinating to me. And I hate marketing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, 
different studio owners with different perspectives. Right. Right. I can't stand marketing. It drives me crazy. <laughs> and I hate numbers. So if we ever teamed up and became partners. Oh my gosh, we would be unstoppable. And I would do the marketing. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really curious to know how many people in our group or, or if you're not in our group yet, but you're just stumbling upon this podcast. Have you taken the temperature of your clientele? Right. Well, figuratively. <laughs> Right. Like, did you make a decision based on your own gut or did you make the decision based on what you felt the general consensus of your clientele was? Or do you have a very mixed bag of clients? Mm -hmm. I would love to have this discussion with people. And if anyone wants to, to reach out to Casey or me and talk about specific complications involved in, in walking down that path um, in either direction, we would be really open to that. I'd love to see a discussion in the group. Yeah. When our podcast episode drops this week, I will jump in the DSO Connect community group and start that conversation, and maybe we can get some more perspectives on it. Like I know Trish has her mask policy is that when you're in your little square in the studio, you don't have to have your mask on, but if you're going across the floor or changing your shoes or going to the bathroom or whatever, then you do have to have your mask on, and that seems like a good compromise, so I'm wondering what other kind of policies other studio owners have come up with. Yeah, we've even tossed around the idea of some classes are mask classes and some classes are not mask oh, classes. interesting. That could definitely be complicated, but doable. Yes. Logistically, that sounds like a damn nightmare. <laughs> All right, well, this was, for me, a really hot topic, so I'm glad we got it off our chests. All right, Robin, what was your moment that made your heart happy? Oh, I have a good one. Yesterday, we did our student teacher and assistant training day. Oh, wonderful. Ms. Mandy is our creative kids director, and Ms. Amanda is our dance program director. And so when I arrived, they were already mid-meeting, and they were all sitting in separate squares, all social distance in the studio. But my studio was full of girls, and... I just felt their energy and they were so happy to see me and I was happy to see them and I could tell that they were smiling and they, there was just this hope for the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it reminded me that there are still pockets of joy in the world and there will be more as we move through this uh, season. And even though we've had some losses in terms of, you know, some families not returning for whatever reason, there's still promise and there's still hope. And there are a lot of people who, who are on board and we're going to do it. And I'll tell you what, when I left the studio, I felt like there was not a trouble in the world. It's something about the energy that I just got from the girls being here. So that was my happy moment. Yeah, and like the kids who are in your teacher training or your assistant teacher program are your most committed students. And you're literally looking at the future of your studio because hopefully those kids will grow up and continue through your program and then be teachers at your studio eventually. Or if they're not teachers at your studio, they are probably, and, and your studio trains amazing dancers, these kids are probably going on to dance in some capacity in their lives. So you know that this vision is alive in these kids. And that's, okay. that's the moment there. What you've got going on is clearly a wonderful program and it's working. Well, thank you, Casey. Yeah, you're welcome. Made, my program made you. That's right. For those who don't know, I was one of Robin's very first students. She came to my preschool when I was just a wee little babe. And she, you had like a suitcase full of tap shoes. 
Yeah, and then I went to your studio growing up, and I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to be the lady with the suitcase full of tap shoes one day. <laughs> All right, what was your happy moment? Well, today, actually, just before we recorded this, I had a three-hour-long staff meeting on Zoom, and I'm bringing in some new people this season, and I just feel like everybody's really excited to get started and be back in the studio, and I'm, I'm loving the energy of my new teachers, and everybody had some really good input during the meeting, and I also, I finally, after eight years, have put together a full school curriculum. So far, it's kind of just been like a patchwork band-aid curriculum where, oh, this document for this class and this document for that class, but now it's printed up into little booklets. I've got a, a teaching guide and a curriculum in spiral-bound books. This morning before our, our teacher meeting, I delivered them to everybody's homes so that they had them for the staff meeting on Zoom. Oh, if you want to catch a, a glimpse of it, you can see you post it in the group, right? Yeah, I did a, I went live in the group yesterday after I picked up the books from the printer. I'm just really excited to get to this place where I finally have these systems and procedures in place and it's cohesive across programs and across styles and it's going to be consistent and we can revisit and tweak things each year and kind of update the curriculum as we go, but it's it's real now. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm just so excited. <laughs> See, there are lots of pockets of joy still left. Yes, pockets of joy indeed. And honestly, I really do believe that if this summer had been just a regular non-COVID summer, I wouldn't have had the time to create this. Yeah. So having to cancel my camps and, <laughs> and summer classes afforded me the time to really be able to finally sit down and make this a reality. So. Because you chose to do something instead of get under the covers and cry when you had to cancel your camps. I mean, not to say that I didn't also do that. <laughs> but once I pulled myself out of bed... <laughs> moderation and dried you know wiped off my mascara tears then I actually did something productive with my time keep choosing to march forward yes exactly I made the decision that I have to continue to run my business and lead my team as if we are going to be in business forever mm -hmm. otherwise you've given up right yeah. right all right it was a good one. This was a good, good conversation. I'm glad we had it. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Robin. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah, we'll see you all in the group. All right. So let's have that conversation about what, what your mask policies are, how you're dealing with, with all of that, and we'll see you in the group, and we'll, we'll keep talking about it. Yep. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.